0: somewhere under Seattle, Washington. It's the show you've been waiting for. Get ready to join your hosts, John and Kendrick, as they talk comics, movies, and more.
1: Now here's... Spoiler Country! Hey, if
0: you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on sepod.net. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country,
1: and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080, or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com.
0: Oh United Armies of the Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm get that. Is Mr. Horsley, and hey. today on the show, we were lucky enough. I mean, really, one of my favorite comic book authors and an amazing guy all around, yeah. And that was J.M. DeMatteis.
1: Hey, you got a first try, I think. I yeah. Think. Although it's funny, it's it, whenever you ask somebody how do you pronounce their name, I'm mm-hmm. always like, Yeah, pay attention, pay attention. Then after that, I'm like, wait, which way was it again? Because all <laughs> I think about it is the way I was saying it before if it was different. Like, no, I said it this way before. No, it's actually this way. Okay, okay.
0: It's the AS.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he was cool. I mean, he wrote, you know, obviously Craven's Lost Hunt and a bunch of other stuff, which we'll talk about a lot of stuff in the interview. Yeah. And as we talk about and we talked about back on episode two of this show, which I'll link down in the show notes, I hadn't read Craven's Lost Ton at all prior to this podcast. I've actually read it like two or three times, you know, since this podcast started, because it's just it's just so phenomenal.
0: Oh yeah. And he's a plethora of knowledge. Yeah. He's been in the industry for a really long time, and his fingerprints are all over a lot of characters. You know, and now he's doing a lot of animation, which he was one of the writing staff on Justice League Dark, which yeah. I love that animated movie.
1: And he wrote some episodes of Young Justice, and he wrote the Constantine uh, City of Demons movie. Yep. Um, and the, or well, the Constantine City of Demons CWC show, which became a movie. And then
0: he even wrote an episode of The Real Ghostbusters. He did.
1: We did. Yeah. He also wrote uh, the, the screenplay for the Deathstroke show it's on right now on CBC. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff. And, he's a lot of, and and you know, he was a lot of fun to talk to and we went we went to some places I don't think he expected us to go on the show.
0: Yeah, he was it was awesome.
1: <laughs> and
0: and and take a listen. He calls my idea genius. I'm just gonna leave it at that.
1: It took it took Kenrick a couple of years, but he finally had a genius idea called out on the show.
0: Right? <laughs> I'll take it, damn it. I'll take it.
1: Well, why don't we go ahead and let's, listen to it?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Today with a comic book writer that has written many, many stories. Some of my favorite ones, probably some of the ones that a lot of you guys out there is probably one of your favorite ones. And we're lucky enough to have J.M. DiMatteo on. And um, thank you so much for joining us. It is my pleasure. Yeah. So J.M., how are you doing today?
2: I, I am fine. It's it's um, it's it's a winter day that it's going to be sixty degrees where I live, so I'm I'm happy.
0: Oh, you're lucky because. We are in, like, right at the beginning of what could be a good-sized storm here in oh, the world. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. yeah. For, some re- for some reason, this weekend here, it's like 60 degrees today and 65 tomorrow. So um, it'll get cold again in a couple of days, but we yeah. all want to enjoy this while we have it, you know?
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, on the verge of moving. And so I'm, like, really, really hoping that the snow just stays away for at least two weeks it's um, not
1: going to though. It's supposed to snow all next week. Yeah,
0: it's That's supposed to snow. snow all next week. I'm not really looking forward to that.
1: Where are you guys? We're in the Seattle area. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. In the suburbs yep. of Seattle. Yeah.
2: Oh, moving it's- in the snow. That's not that doesn't sound very
0: pleasant. No. Moving is no.
2: stressful enough as it is.
0: I know. And I and I want to be able to afford to hire people just to do it for me, but mm-hmm. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I keep telling myself every time I move, I'm like, I'm I'm never doing this again. I'm just going to hire somebody to do hire people to do this. And then
2: it's a magical thing. The first time in your life that you actually hire a mover, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, <laughs> when you're not telling all your calling all your friends and begging them to help you.
0: Well, luckily this is a, a short move and oh, it's, okay. uh, we had a whole bunch of things going on and I ended up just staying in a room just for a slight thing. So it's not a real, it's not like a move move. It's a one day kind of maybe even four hours of moving. And then we're, oh, then we're oh, done. That's good. That's good. yeah. Yeah, it's not so bad.
2: Well, I guess so, we're out of time now. I gotta go, guys.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, thanks for coming on. Hey, everybody. It was really, it was really good
2: talking about your move. And the-
0: <laughs> so, Jam, what do you what do you got going on today? What's what's going on in your life, and what's new out there that people need to know well, to nice go out, out and, and do? What's,
2: what's brand new out there? Uh, for, uh if you can, uh, if you get a hold of the CW Seed app, is the Deathstroke animated uh, series. The first half of which was just put up on Monday. This is the, the second CWC project I've done. The last one was Constantine City of Demons. And, uh, and this is a very, very cool Deathstroke story. Um, and the way they work with CWC, it's interesting. I basically write a, a full-length movie. And then they break it up into these mini episodes. Although this time what they did is they took the first half of it and just smushed all the episodes together. So you get like a solid maybe 35, 40 minutes of death stroke. And then later on, I don't know how many months they wait, and then they'll then they will put up the rest of it on CWC, but they leave out about 15 or 20 minutes worth of the story. So when they put out the DVD and they put the full-length movie up for streaming then you'll get an extra 20 minutes worth of story in there. But in the meantime, that's you know, CWC, cool. yeah, CWC is free. And uh, so you can just click on there and uh, and watch uh, what I hope is a very cool and interesting deathstroke adventure.
0: So that I didn't know that, that you I oh, didn't know you that. did the John Constantine one too. That's awesome. Oh yeah,
2: that was I loved working on. That was one of my favorite animated projects I ever worked on. Both these seed projects have been really 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 great. You know, I've been doing animation it's a big part of my career for the past maybe 15, 16 years. So um, and oh, these excited. are great projects. And in fact, coming up, I believe in February, is uh, the adaptation of Superman Red Son, the Mark Millar story, which will be out on DVD and for streaming in either February or March. I'm not sure exactly. It may be that, that, that it's out uh, digitally in February and then the DVD will be out in March, something like that. But that's another, yeah. that was a really interesting one to work on because that's a very complex and interesting story to adapt the Deathstroke story, although it pulls on different elements from the comics, we took those elements and, and created an original story. So it take it has a lot of the classic Deathstroke elements, but we created a new story to 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 play them out through. Um, whereas Superman Red Son is a is a direct adaptation of uh, of the graphic novel. So those are two 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 projects that are imminent. Uh, a couple of months ago, also animated, we had, on um, there was a Wonder Woman Bloodlines DVD, and I did uh, the first, uh, I think it was the first appearance of Neil Gaiman's death character in any media other than comics. So we had a short with death that really turned out really, really well, which is directed by a guy named Sam Liu, who's also uh, directing Superman Red's son. And comic book-wise, like coming up in March, for the first time in, in, in about a 1,000 years, I've written a Star Trek comic. Uh, the IDW called me up and said, hey, you want to do a Star Trek Mirror Universe story with oh, Khan? Oh, that's cool. With Khan. Um, mm-hmm. So so being a, a total nerd when it comes to Star Trek and being that Wrath of Khan is one of my favorite movies of all time, I couldn't say no. So it's a r- <laughs> really, really cool story. It's illustrated by my friend Matthew Dow Smith, who did a beautiful job on the art. So that's coming up. And the last things I'll plug are a couple of uh, trade paperbacks that came out recently. Uh, one is a, a book that I did for Karen Berger's New Burger Books line at Dark Horse. It's called The Girl in the Bay. It's a very twisty, supernatural, time travel, search for identity thriller. And the other is an IDW project, which is an all-ages sort of cosmic adventure in this sort of Doctor Who slash Fantastic Four tradition uh, called Impossible Incorporated. So uh, now we got the plugs out of the way and we'll talk about anything you'd like. <laughs> no, oh, wait, awesome. I, gotta, I forgot. I got to plug one more thing. No, please plug away. I, uh, I do workshops periodically. In November, I did my Imagination 101 workshop, which is a three-day workshop talking about writing for comics and animation. Really, really fun. Uh, I don't do them a lot. So when I do do them, it's really fun. So I have the sequel class coming up in the spring, which is Imagination 201. Anyone that's taken one-on-one or worked with me as a story consultant can take that class, and we will have other one-on-ones coming up probably later in the year. So anyone that's interested in the workshop can just check my website. Well, I'll always have updates about when the new workshops are coming up.
0: Oh, well, when you know for sure when a workshop's coming up, let us know, and we'll 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 pump it out on our website and on through our podcast to oh, that's let people great. know. And we have a network of podcasts too, so we have multiple shows, and we'll, we'll ask all the shows to let people know that this is happening.
2: Oh, that's fantastic! Thank you.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, no doubt. Easy, easy. So many questions all of a sudden. You have so much going on. This is amazing because I just saw a commercial for the Deathstroke, CWC the other day, and I was like, Oh my god, that looks that looks awesome. And I, I'm mean, I, I've liked Deathstroke for a long time, and it's funny because I was a Deadpool fan, didn't know that. At the end of the day, Deathstroke is, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, his uh, his how would you say his uh
2: well deathstroke came
0: first correct yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Destro yeah deadpool yeah. is a copy of deathstroke of, of right. deathstroke right. Right.
2: it's very yeah. confusing when you're writing and and i'm sure several times i wrote wade wilson instead of slade wilson slade. yeah you know what i mean it's like what you know and it's it's, it's, it's although the, the characters when they ended up eventually as, as dead deadpool evolved into something completely
0: different right Yeah. Right. but i assume so maybe in the,
2: maybe in the early days it was very similar yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Deathstroke is his daddy. I mean that's the only <laughs> way that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> but it looks cool. That I I, I thought the Constantine Demon was it Demon Seed? City of Demons. City of Demons, yeah, yeah. Was uh man, I was shocked watching it. It was it was like whoa, you guys went all out on that one.
2: And I yeah, was sh- they, they, these things are, you know, especially in the DVD versions are rated R. So they're very, you know, they they're not for they're not for kids in any way shape or form. They're for an adult audience.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't put those on the um DC Universe app.
2: Right. Well, I'm sure they will eventually end up there. I think City of Demons may even be over there by now. I don't know. Um since I don't have the app. Um, yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, this is, you a, this is this was specifically a CW project, so for CWC, so that's why it's going there first. Um, yeah. It's a different, it's a different, uh, Avenue than a lot of the other stuff that I've done has been directly through uh, the DC folks at Warner brothers animation. Whereas this is specifically a CW project. Um, interesting. and so I'm working with different people than the people that I normally work with on the other DC animated stuff. But it's, you know, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I actually, you know, I was always aware of Deathstroke, but I didn't know death stroke in detail. So I had to really kind of educate myself, you know, read a bunch of stuff and, spend a lot of time on Wikipedia trying to figure out which character was which.
0: <laughs> Is, isn't he part of like the, the, one of the best slow burn twists and with the
1: teen Titans, Johnny? Oh yeah. It's, it's such a slow burn to build him out build him out. Which was, it, was, it was great. That's yeah.
0: right. He, uh, he's the one who had a character infiltrate the teen Titans back in the early eighties. And it took him like what? 60 books to reveal really? the twist. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's a really cool the way they did it. Who was, was that, I want to say that's Marv Wolfman, but I, I'm probably oh yeah, Marv, wrong. So this
2: is Marv's character. You know, yep. uh, Marvin Marv, Marvin George Perez created Deathstroke, so
1: yep.
2: um, if there's oh, anyone look at that I, hope, I got it right, yeah, if there's <laughs> anyone I hope I hope to please with this. I hope Marvin George or or uh, pleased with the way this came out.
0: Oh, I'm sure because I liked when I was watching when I saw the commercial. It was like, oh, he's the protagonist. This is going to be interesting. I'm so used to him being the antagonist. I want to watch right. it now you know
2: right, right well it really gets into you know on the one hand it's a big obviously globe trotting kind of superhero slash spy type adventure but what it's really about at the core is about his family it's really about a dysfunctional family that just happens to have superpowers and such you know yeah, but it's yeah. so it's, it's it's like this almost shakespearean family story at the core of it and then you get your big Deathstroke adventure with all the Punching, hitting, and shooting, and blowing up—that people expect, you know?
0: Well, I'm excited now. I didn't know it came out on Monday, so now yeah, I'm, yeah I already have the CW app, so I'm going to be okay. checking it out. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and, and then I, I, have, I like uh, that
2: it's free, and that you know anyone anyway, you don't have you don't have to pay for anything to go see it, you know.
0: Right, right, yeah, I, that's going to be cool. And I didn't know that Death Neil Gaiman's death was in Wonder Woman Bloodlines. I yeah, did, yeah, that's that's crazy. I didn't even. I, I need to go back and rewatch that now, because I don't know if I missed it or if I wasn't paying well, attention may, or what.
2: May, uh, did you watch it streaming or on DVD? Because it may only be on the DVD, of, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I watched it
2: streaming. It's, a, it's an yeah. extra
1: short one. DC Shorts, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, probably, it's, probably, now, it's probably on DVD or, or uh, if you can find it streaming somewhere by itself. It, oh, gotcha. It, it,
2: it might be out there somewhere to see i can't say but i i have let's just say i've noticed it floating around uh, the internet ethers um yeah <laughs> and and i i can't i can't uh tell you to go there because you know whoever put it up there did it illegally but <laughs> it's out there somewhere you know that you that's, also, that's also one of the best animated things i've ever worked on because it's very different you know it wasn't death it's not a superhero thing right so it ended up working playing like a, uh, a really beautiful little 20-minute, 15, 20-minute Twilight Zone episode, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it was beautifully directed by Sam. And it's a really another one that I'm
0: very proud of. Oh, I really want to go. I really want to find that. I mean, I'll go buy that DVD if I have to.
2: Yes, everyone buy the DVD. Don't I go
0: look at anybody the DVD. else. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you can order it from Amazon.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So... You're working with – you worked with or are currently working with Karen Berger as well?
2: Well, Karen edited uh, The Girl in the Bay, the project I just uh, told you about that came out a few months yeah. back. Great yeah, paperback. Karen and I go way back to before either one of us even worked in comics. We've been friends forever. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. You know, I you know, was one of the people that was you know, there at the very beginning of Vertigo. We worked together, but we hadn't worked together in many years. So to come back together on this project was really uh, something special for both of us. And it turned out really, really well. I'm really, really happy with it. And um, and if, if, it, it has a very sort of classic Vertigo feel. And if you like that kind of stuff, I think it'll be oh, right yeah. up your alley.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that. stuff. I'm, I'm shocked that they've ended that line, you know?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, once Karen left, uh, well, Shelly took over for a while, but then Shelly left, so all all threads that were connected to the original Vertigo crew were gone. Yeah. And I think they really knew exactly what to do with it. And, and so it's, unfortunate. It, it, it's, it's so much, you know, Karen's imprint and also Shelly had a big partner when Shelly came aboard too. And, and, and I think without either of them, th- there was no Vertigo, you know, Vertigo yeah. was born out of Karen's sensibilities and her taste.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder how she feels about how, how they've taken care of it and sh- uh, you know, shuttering it now
2: yeah yeah well she's you know she's off doing her own thing now and, and with burger books so i think she's very very happy doing what she's doing right now
0: yeah i have to check that out i don't even i didn't even know she had burger books now i feel yeah
2: just like yeah. <laughs> put out a bunch of bunch of titles already
0: oh I man i mean? I'll have to check those out
2: yeah they're, they're very good it's very good stuff really good stuff if you know if you liked her vertigo stuff you'll you'll like this and yet stuff that's not copying the old stuff but has a similar sensibility you know
0: right right yeah, it's, it's some of those old, I don't know, man, some of those old Vertigo titles just, it's not that they, the titles in themselves were, went for a long time. Some of them did actually, like the original Hellblazer went, what, 300 yeah, copies?
1: 300, 300 issues, yeah. Yeah,
0: 300 issues. And then uh, what else was on there?
1: Um, Swamp Thing and obviously, obviously Sandman. And then they did uh, Why the Last Man and a bunch of other ones that last oh for God, a while. Why
0: the Last Man was so good. I really I loved that it, title. Oh. Yeah, a lot of them last hundred bullets.
2: That lasted quite a while. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 that's yeah.
0: right. And then what wasn't the? Um, I want to say the priest one on there, right? Preacher. Yeah, preacher.
1: Yeah, that was lost for a while too. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. That see, that's,
0: it's just crazy. You have all these classic titles that that had a huge influence in comicdom, and just to see them gone, it's just weird.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, Sand, Sandman just, is one of the ones that got me back into comics when I was in high school. Sandman and and White Last Man when I was out of it you know being a dumb kid in high school i found those and got back into comics <laughs>
2: yeah. that which just reminded me i have one more thing to plug oh, please do vertigo uh, Moonshadow, which is a project that i originally did for marvel's epic line and then we did it we brought it to vertigo and did a sequel called farewell Moonshadow. probably one of the two or three best things i've ever done uh dark horse just put out a beautiful new hardcover edition it's like the ultimate ultimate moon shadow and i went through my files i found all my old original scripts and notes like hand-scrolled notes from, like, years before we even did it. Um, So it's a really – they did a beautiful job with it. Hardcover, beautiful paper. Uh, It just came out a few months back, and it's already – it's going into its second printing this month. And it actually just won some award somewhere, which I I forget. I think it was the Broken Frontier Award for the best uh, reprint of classic material. Um, And I'm really, really happy that it's back in print in such a beautiful edition. So I have to plug that,
0: too. Oh, man, the artwork looks – I just I just googled it and the artwork looks fantastic. Yeah,
2: it was, Moonshadow was the first fully painted comic book
0: in, uh, d- done by an American company.
1: Oh, that is that is cool. Yeah, it's a that's a good book.
0: Wow, well, what was it like taking a book from Marvel to DC? Was there a lot of headaches?
2: No, back then there were none. It was because you know at, at that point, what I recall, Epic was going through changes. You know, because it started out, Epic was sort of the proto Vertigo. Yeah. You know, it was sort of vertigo before vertigo it was it was breaking that ground and then they you know they were going through some whether well, it was corporate changes but whatever the, the the focus of epic began to shift so when we said hey we want to get the rights back they were like okay here you go and we got the rights <laughs> back and then we took it to dc and then we did the sequel and then they collected all that together and that stayed in print there for quite a long time and eventually uh it went out of print there and we got the rights back and now it's a dark horse so it's not we've i don't know how many how many books have been through Marvel, DC and dark horse. Um, but uh, maybe we set a record there. I don't know. I don't know. That's cool. But, but this new edition is the absolute best. The, the DC did a collection, which was a nice collection, but they printed it on really thin paper.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, which really, I thought, hurt it somewhat. And this new collection is just beautiful, just beautiful. Plus, we have all the extras in the back. And uh, John J. Muth, the brilliant artist, he found a lot of his original sketches. So there's a treasure trove of material in the back, aside from the book itself.
0: Oh, man, I want to go. I'm going to have Russ at my, my, my local comic book shop order that for me. Because that sounds awesome. (laughs) I want to read it now. (laughs) May everyone listening have the same impulse. (laughs) Right, right. Get out there. Check out Moonshadow. Because until you just said it, I don't think I've ever actually seen that book.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was the book that you know really um, liberated me as a writer. You know, that was the one where I finally found my own voice and understood how to write comics my way, as opposed to. You know, you come into the business and and you can't help it, whether it's conscious or not. You're sort of aping the comics that you've loved in some way, shape or form. You know, you're struggling to find a voice. And the great thing about Moonshadow was, you know, I'd been working at Marvel for a little while. I was able to step outside of that universe and suddenly I wasn't writing, quote, comics anymore. I was just writing a story and I was writing it the way that I wanted to write. So it had it had the, the entire I am writing comic books mindset was pushed aside and it just liberated me. And then working with an artist of the quality of John J. Muth um, and working for Epic in those early days, which was, you know, there was so much freedom to just do your story the way you want to do the story. And which is true for comics in the eighties in general, even on the superhero stuff, you know, um, something like Craven's Last Hunt, I had so much freedom I don't think anybody changed a word or a period in that story. I told it exactly the way I wanted to. And um,
0: I I got to tell you, JM, I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but that story changed my whole outlook on how I looked at comic books. Really? Oh yeah. Because I didn't know, like I, I love the X-Men, you know, I loved Wolverine and, um, and those are great. And Claremont did some amazing work, but I didn't, I couldn't connect with them the same way I did with, with Spider-Man. And so when I read Spider-Man and everything was and going through it. And then when I went to my comic book store in Bremerton, Washington, I went to the paperback exchange and I think, did it start? Is it in web of Spider-Man that it starts? I think so. Yeah, I think think so. so. And so uh, the girl that worked behind the counter, the lady that owned the store said, have you seen this come out yet? Um, It's, it's, I think it's going to be really good she said i read this first one it's amazing you should check it out because at the time i was only getting amazing spider-man i didn't want to get all these titles you know i just wanted to read the main storyline and then i and then i said i'm going to read it she goes well it's going to do against all the titles so you need to, you know as they come in i said okay we'll put it in my box and i was 13 years old when it came out and i so i grabbed the first one and then i waited until all of them are done and the covers were so um amazing you oh, know. Mike Zick, man, it doesn't get oh. better than Mike Zick. Oh, if you go to my Twitter uh, at X, you'll see. That's my 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 banner is a, is a screenshot of, from from uh, Craven's Last Hunt, huh. and then we did a whole episode on Craven's Last Hunt. Our because, second
1: episode, huh? Our, it was our second episode. Oh, yeah, our
0: second episode we ever did because I was so ina- I'm so enamored with this book because the trade paperback came out, and I told Johnny he had never read it, and I said you got to read this book. But when I read it when I was 13 not that it was like when Craven commits suicide and you're just and I've closed the book I was just like what did I just read you know what I mean <laughs> and I thought about it and I never had a comic book made me think about what I was reading what I happened and then and then all I could think of that's gonna change spider-man's psyche you know what I mean he should have claustrophobia and all these things should be going on because of well, all this, stuff that right. he went through right and and it affects me today because now i watch these movies and i watch everything and i just like i just want to get him past the teenage years because i want him to be this because because in that in the, the mid 80s 87 88 89 he was you know he's getting married he's in his yeah, early he 30s. just got
2: married like a month or two before that story came out
0: yeah 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 and so all this stuff so that was the spider-man that i read right i didn't read all the high school stuff because i was right was born in 74 right so i didn't read i read this stuff and then and they keep bringing back to high school but i i want them to do this because i want to get to the point where they're doing these type of stories and i and it was like i felt like an adult reading that story i think that's why it's so hard it's interesting yeah Yeah. i
2: I, you know i would love to see them
0: uh do a movie uh and you
2: know it's kind of god i would one one of the smart things that dc has done recently with their movies is just to have a movie like Say Joker, which just basically stands alone and has no connection to anything else. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't just do a Craven's Last Hunt movie. Oh, uh, we and still have <laughs> still have their other Spider-Man ongoing, or even you know talking about Deathstroke, do it, do an animated uh, movie. Man, yeah. I'd, write, I'd write that in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, what was. So I think I read somewhere that you actually shopped that story to DC first.
2: That story had a long evolution. And I talk I talk about this in my workshops too. It's just I stories as, as I've learned over the years, there's my my vision of the story, and then there's the story's vision of the story. And it mm-hmm. sounds kind of strange and metaphysical and because it is but I feel that the stories are alive and they have lives and a purpose of their own. And they know often better than I do about their ultimate destination. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I, I, I always say this with slight amazement, the germ of the idea originally started as a, as a pitch for a wonder man miniseries. Um, oh wow. It, Cause they had established somewhere that Wonder Man could die and co- and come back, you know? So I had, the, and, and I like the relationship between wonder man and his brother, the grim reaper. So the idea was the grim reaper kills wonder man, buries him alive. And he, when he comes out of the grave, he thinks he's been in there for a night and six months of his life had been robbed. And it's a, a story about brothers and dysfunction there. Uh, I always say, thank God I pitched it to Tom DeFalco and he rejected it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if, he if he hadn't rejected it, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And I'm sure no one would be re- remembering, you know, a Grim Hunter's Grim Hunt or anything today, you know. Um, right. So then I, but I like that I got hooked on this idea of the hero coming back from the grave. It was I just loved that image got stuck in my head. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to pitch this as maybe I can work really well with Batman. And I think I even talked to my friend Mark Badger at one point. And he did a little little image of Batman's glove coming up out of the grave. Uh, And I believe the first person I pitched it to was Len Wein. And it was Batman and the Joker. And the idea was that um, uh, Joker kills, in quotes, Batman uh, and buries him alive. And then Joker, whose entire life is um, focused on defeating Batman, once he does that, His mind snaps. But since he's already insane, his mind snaps and he goes sane. And then once Batman comes back, it plays out after that. So I I pitched it to Len. And and I think it was just that they had just started developing the killing joke, which didn't come out for a couple of years yet. But I guess it was in development for quite a while because Len said, well, we have this other Joker story where it gets into his. Because once the Joker went sane, he had like a real life and and, and, a, and a romantic relationship and all these things. Uh, and he said, I, you know, we can't do two stories like this. So he, he rejected it. Right. <laughs> and but uh, 10 years later, I did the going sane idea in Legends of the Dark Knight, which is one of my favorite stories that I've ever written uh, at DC or Marvel. Uh, Joe Staten drew a beautiful job. It's called Batman Going Sane. Um, so anyway, another another, another year goes by. And I say, OK, they don't want the Joker. I'll throw out the Joker. How about Hugo Strange? So I bring in Hugo Strange. And I also remembered that there had been um, a story years before where for like one page or one panel, Hugo Strange had put on Batman's costume. And it was just it was literally like a page of the story. And then he took it off. And you know, it never happened again. But I thought, well, what if that's what he wants to do, Hugo Strange? What if he wants to do is not just kill Batman, but replace him? And be better than him. So I took this, this idea for the story, and this is the next piece I put in Hugo Strange. I pitch it now. Denny O'Neill is now the Batman editor, and my memory was this was the early days of original graphic novels. And Denny said, "This is a good story, but we already have our Batman graphic novel for the year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we'll come back in six months or a year or whatever it is. You know." So I put it away again, and 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 again, I'm getting frustrated. But I always feel like the story is going. Don't worry, I've got this covered. Every little piece is coming together. Now the story's evolving. And then time goes by. Uh, Tom DeFalco and, and Jim Owsley, who people know these days as Christopher Priest, he was the Spider-Man editor at the time. And Tom was the, not the editor-in-chief, but whatever, one step down from editor-in-chief, the managing editor, I guess. And they took me out to lunch and offered me Spectacular Spider-Man to come back to Spider-Man. Yeah. And uh, I pitched Owsley this and I thought, oh, this is my chance. <laughs> to get this back from the grave story, you know, and then you know I start playing with it, and I realize, you know, I you know Peter Parker is just maybe as forget Spider Man. Peter Parker may be the greatest character in mainstream comics because oh,
0: he's thank a, you for saying that. Yeah, Peter Parker's great, a
2: rich, wonderful human, a complex, interesting, relatable guy.
0: You know, yeah, he's just so relatable.
2: And as I started working with the story with Spider Man, I thought, God, this is just this is perfect, you know? And, and uh, he just gotten married. So that added a whole other layer uh, to the story, another layer of emotional urgency, you know, coming back from the grave uh, because he loved Mary Jane. Well, that's good. But coming back from the grave because he's literally just got married and he has to get back to his new wife, the levels of emotional urgency that that added, you know? And, and I often say the fact that, you know, that he was in the black costume at the time. If we had done that yep. story without the black costume, it wouldn't have played as well. Do you know what I mean?
0: So, yeah, and, the imagery so, might not have been as 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 powerful. Yeah, yeah, that the dark, the
2: black costume fit the tone of that story perfectly. You know, so that starts coming together. And then, you know, we, uh, um, I was going to create sort of, and I did create a Marvel version, more or less, of Hugo Strange, a character who could play that same role. When I pitched to them, I said, "That's great." let's do it. And then one day I always, my joke is, you know, in the days before the internet, writers had to find other ways to waste time to avoid working. So I was sitting in my office, just thumbing through comic books to kill time and avoid doing my work. And I was thumbing through a Marvel Universe handbook. And I came to the page for Kraven, who was a character that I had never given a second thought to, never one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. He always seemed kind of like a quasi joke to me with his leopard skin pedal pushers, you know, and running around throwing nets at Spider-Man and stuff. And there was a little line in there that said that Craven was Russian. I, and to this day, I don't know if that was ever established in a story, or if um, if whoever was writing in the handbook just made it up on the spot, you know? Right. And, and but I'm a real big uh, Dostoevsky fan. Crime um, and Punishment, The Brothers Karamazov. I love his writing. I love the Russian soul. And as soon as I read that, all of a sudden, I had this understanding of Craven that I'd never had before. So I called Owsley up and said, forget the new villain that I created. I'm going to use Craven. And he was like, "But I like the new villain." I said, "No, no, we're going to use Craven." And then, because Mike Zack uh, was going to draw it, um, uh, we had created Vermin when we were doing Captain America together a couple of years earlier, and I needed a character for the contrast between Craven's vision of Spider-Man and Peter's vision. So, so I brought in Vermin, this character that we had created. Yeah,
0: he's and so, so scary in this book too.
2: And so all these elements, you know, c- come together. Some of them, like on their own, out of my control. And then the topper was uh, Jim Alsey left staff at one point, and Jim Salikrup took over. And we had been working on the story for a while. And Jim said, "You know, we can't run this in Spectacular Spider-Man alone because if if he's he's dead in Spectacular Spider-Man and fighting Doctor Octopus in Amazing Spider-Man, it takes <laughs> it takes all the tension and drama out of your story." Yeah. So the first, I don't think anyone had ever done this before. He said, "I'm going to run this story through all three Spider-Man books over two months," and that was that was Jim's idea. And it, it was, was genius. Been- it was an innovation that everyone everyone started doing immediately thereafter, you know? Yeah. At yeah. Marvel and DC. So all these little pieces came together. And I always say the final piece, which was very difficult for me personally, but good for the story, was at the point that I was finally writing this story, I was going through some really difficult times in my life. So all my own struggle and pain and angst, you know, got fed into the characters in the story. So I think had I written it even six months before, six months after, it wouldn't have had that same resonance, you know? Yeah. So all these elements kind of came together. Like I said, the story knew what it was doing all along. And I was frustrated over the course of whatever it was, three years trying to get the story out into the world, but it came out at, at the, exactly the right time and exactly the right way.
0: Yeah, oh, man. It's, it really is it, 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 still to this day, I'm 45 now. And that is still my favorite Spider-Man story. And it's, and we, we actually, when we talk about it, we're like, you know what, at the end of the day, that's a Craven story. You know, and if you're going to do a movie, you could even, you know, it's really Craven is your your main character and, and Spider-Man becomes your side character just because of how much the psyche of Kraven comes into play in that whole story.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it's also about the contrast between the two characters. You can't do the story without. People. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah you know, definitely. Sometimes I've read online that there's rumblings of maybe they'll do it without Spider-Man in it and you can't do it. Yeah, you can't. How do you do that? You know, you he's can't. hunting, he's hunting, you know, some random person, you know, that we don't care about. Or
0: it's, it's, this it's, is a, this would be a perfect story to bring back Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's, a oh. that's it. And considering that those, those movies, especially, you know, uh, the second Raimi movie, are, I just think is, you know, Spider Man perfection.
0: Um, yeah, oh, man. I, that, I, that would actually
2: be an amazing thing to do.
0: Yeah. You know? If you can get Raimi to come back and actually direct it, oh. Because that fantastic. that storyline is right up Ramy's alley. Oh, wow, I love that idea. Oh. Man,
2: <laughs> Sam, if you're out there, Sam, <laughs> right. Toby, let's Toby. do this. <laughs> uh, I've never heard anyone suggest that. I think that's actually pretty brilliant.
0: Oh man, I I, I in my mind I could see like that's the perfect storyline to bring Toby Maguire and Sam Raimi back together because yeah. he's the perfect age right now. He's actually older than he.
2: But yeah, well, that, he was that, older okay. then than what he was playing also, so it's okay.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you have Christian Dunst as Mary Jane. They're married. You know, you can even have her pregnant.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then and now go we're, the
2: cramp, we're in the clone saga here. Hold on. We're, we got right. the wrong story. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really cool idea. That's a very cool idea.
1: Cool. I would love it. You know, this story, I didn't read it until Kinric made me read it before the episode we did, like, when we first started. I'd, I'd heard of it before, but I wasn't. I've always loved Spider Man growing up, but I was more of a DC guy. So I, I watched Spider Man um, in the cartoons, and I watched I read some comics of him. Um, but I was more of a, a Batman, Superman, and, and Wolverine kid growing up. So when he we t- he started the podcast, he's like, "Hey, we need to talk about Kraven's Last Hunt." I was like, oh, "Okay, okay, that's fine." So I went and I picked it up, and then I couldn't put it down. I read it the whole thing nonstop, and then I read it again before we recorded. So I read it twice in the span of like three days because it was just it was captivating, and it was it was everything Kendrick said that it was going to be that I wasn't expecting it to actually be. <laughs>
2: well, that's good. And I really appreciate it when I hear people that are reading it for the first time, you know, now, which, because they keep reprinting it and reprinting it and reprinting it, which is you always hope for a story to live. You know, when we were doing it back then, you know, trade paperbacks, collections were still pretty new. We, you didn't really think about the work living on beyond the six issues. It came out, it would go, and then there's something out the next month, you know? So that this story, along with a lot of other stories that I've done, have lived on especially you know something like craven which has such a life of its own um yeah. and that people still discovering it reading it today you know i can only just be profoundly grateful you know because i certainly wasn't thinking about it back then when i was writing the story it was just another gig it was just yeah. another story that's great
0: Ah, uh, yeah so are you a um aficionado or a big fan of the marvel movies um it depends on the movie, you know. I've yeah. loved a lot of them, some
2: of them uh, not so much, but not you know, so I, I I you know, I, I I'm I am a nerd in my soul, so I want to run out and see most of these movies anyway. <laughs> and if I don't see them in the theater, I'll catch them by the time they hit, you know, streaming or Netflix or whatever.
0: Yeah. Did you did you do anything with X-Men or New Mutants? I wrote X-Factor for a while. Not oh, a long cool. long, but I wrote
2: it for a, for a little while and and I've written some stories over the years, but I I was never immersed in the X-Men universe. Yeah. I found that, although I really appreciate – well, actually, when I was a kid and I first started reading Marvel when I was a kid, which is I'm talking back in the 60s, yeah, I loved the X-Men. The X-Men was like my – you know, like everyone read and loves Fantastic Four and Spider-Man. That went without saying. But then you had to find your own little special book, you know, that was just yours. And right. for me, that was that was X-Men. So like the early Lee Kirby stuff. Uh, even there was a period where it was Roy Thomas and Werner Roth. Probably if I look back now, they weren't classic stories, but for some reason, the X-Men just clicked with me. Maybe they were classic stories. I haven't read them in years, you know? Yeah. But I love that those early X-Men stories. And then of course they, you know, they revamped them and they brought them back. The problem I which I always appreciated. I mean, the Claremont Byrne run was just astonishingly good, you know? Right. But I found for me as a writer, the X-Men universe got so complex. Yeah. That it was really hard for me to find a way in with those characters. You know, look at, we're talking about Craven. Look at Craven. It's essentially about three people. And if you count Mary Jane, it's about four people. Right. For six issues, you know. And that's sort of the way I tend to approach things. I like to drill down, you know.
0: Well, Craven's very much character driven. Yeah. 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 And
2: a small group of characters.
0: Yeah. So, you know,
2: uh, I really admire the folks that can juggle these large, large groups of characters, you know, and, and, uh, and give them all their do. I've, you know, I've learned over the years ways to do it. And I know it's funny coming from a guy who's written tons of justice league stories. Um, But, you know, even our Justice League felt very different than that because it was all character based stuff. It was, you know, more about the sitting around talking than anything else. You know, I remember when I was writing for Justice League Unlimited, the, the animated show, and I think the second episode they gave me was an episode that had like Almost every character that had ever been in the Justice League was somewhere in the story. God. I was like, okay, well, it's time to get over your fear of this. That's <laughs> not daunting now. at all. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I managed to do it. So, you know, you learned, You learned. But it's not my natural instinct to write stories with 10,000 characters in it and all these complex things happening. Everyone has to use their powers and everyone has this different way that they talk. And it's like I like to just find my group of characters and drill down really deep and deep and deep and deep. I deep. like that. Um, but, you know, it's also important to
0: challenge yourself. Because you did uh, JLI, too, right?
2: That's what I'm talking about. We did JLI for five years. Yeah. You know, I wrote the end of the the last maybe six issues of the previous Justice League, the Detroit League. I ended that run and killed, you know, the vibe off and all that stuff.
0: Right. And then you had Uh, to bring it back and then – And And then
2: we brought up JLI and we worked on, you know, Justice League, Justice League Europe, Justice League Quarterly. I did a bunch of spin-offs. For five years of my life, Justice League was a huge, huge part of my life. And then, you know, I wrote for Justice League Unlimited and I wrote Justice League Dark. And so I've had a lot of experience with various incarnations of the Justice League, which is great. Because, again, when I was a kid, Justice League was another one of those books that was so near and dear to my heart. But what was funny is, you know, the Justice League that Giffen and I did Never, we never really thought of it as the Justice League because it wasn't that classic Justice League, it was our Justice League, which kind of existed in its own little wacky universe, you know. Um, and so I didn't feel like I got to write the Justice League until I wrote for the animated show, which was a lot
0: of fun. That is cool, that's cool though. But didn't you guys, you guys got an Eisner Award for your work on JLI as well, right? The second round,
2: it was it was when we brought it back, it was you know, something I think it was 10 years after we finished JLI, we did formerly known as the Justice League right uh, and yeah, to our surprise it won an Eisner, which was fantastic. What was um, that like
0: what, what was what like? like when you when you get when you hear that hey oh, you, you they're awarding you guys an Eisner
2: yeah I remember Keith uh, called, me, called me up and I was like, what, <laughs> you know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't even remember if I knew that we'd been nominated you know at that point it's right like the next day after the Eisners it was it was very sweet. It was very sweet, and I have some a nice little statue to put on the shelf in my office. It's very nice. That's cool. It's always, you know, you can't put a lot of weight on awards. At the same yeah. time, it's always nice to be appreciated. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think people say, I don't care about awards. I think that's bullshit. You know, it's always, right. if someone wants to give you an award, smile and say thank you. Because it means someone appreciated you and gave you an award. That's nice, you know?
0: Right, yeah, yeah. But you,
2: you can't tie your self-worth into it like, what? I just did the best work of my life, and it wasn't even nominated You, know, you can't. You yeah. can't, you know, which which we all do, maybe but you do it for five minutes and forget about it. You know what I mean? And move on.
0: Um, well, see to me the Eisners are, are are a little cool because you don't self-nominate you don't go through where the Academy Awards are a lot different because the studios can actually put in their their movies and they're like, Hey, we want you to consider this. Right, and they're you doing know?
2: campaigns and they're spending Yeah, money and they're and doing
0: all it, these campaigns. It's not the same, it doesn't mean as much to me. Mm-hmm. And when I hear somebody, oh they got an Eisner, I was like, that's really cool because that's the industry looking in. And say and picking something out. This is this really was unique and different, and you know. And there's especially nowadays, you know, with the amount of self-publishing happening, it's crazy amount of content that's out there.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. Well, that's we're we're, the you know. And in terms of TV and we're living in the golden age of content. Really, it's crazy. There's just so much stuff out there that it's almost in. Not, not almost impossible. It is impossible to really keep up It um, is with everything that's out there and everything that's happening. And now, you know, every 30 seconds, there's some, some other streaming app has been announced, you know, with some deep library of stuff. And, 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 you know, I don't know if we're in some bubble that's going to burst with this stuff. Cause how many apps can people buy?
0: Oh, um, you know, I have, I have yeah. Netflix, I have Hulu, I have the DC app. Uh, I have Hulu live TV, ESP, you know, Disney Plus, And it's just like, it's getting to the point now. Where I'm just like, okay. What do we actually watch yeah. on a daily, you know? Yeah. What What is and you end And you end up watching? spending more
2: money than you were spending on your cable.
0: Oh, definitely. Definitely.
2: Yeah. And and you that's
0: know? why I think at a certain
2: point, you know, I know like HBO has this giant app coming out with all this deep dive Warner Brothers HBO stuff. HBO
0: Max, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, but again, how much money are people going to shell out when they suddenly look at their bill and realize I'm paying twice as much as I did with cable and I cut the cord with cable so I didn't have to pay that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh I'm, I'm curious to see how in the next year or two how it shakes
0: out and It doesn't surprise me that more and more people pirate stuff.
2: Yeah, I get you know it's it's it's, it's hard to keep up. I would not I would not um uh say it's okay to pirate, but I
0: understand. No, 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 yeah, but I'm just saying I I meet people all the time that are like, "Oh yeah, I just do this cuz cuz I just can't afford to do all that." You, yeah, and then you know? and even like but, and it's hard not to go you, you know, <laughs> you go to the office and everybody's talking about something and you're like, right. "I want to watch that now."
2: and now you've got you know cbs all access which is his oh chick- we have that too
0: times, several times
2: you know it's like oh star trek discovery okay so i did it for a while i then i stopped it i'm done okay i don't need to do it anymore what star trek picard okay i'm back you know, so, you know <laughs> yeah, free you back in <laughs> you know and so, i'm excited uh, for picard yeah i actually i am too i, I am yeah. the commercials
0: look great and really i just like, love patrick yeah. stewart as a yeah. whole you know yeah.
1: so that was fun man that was good oh that was man. good yeah, man, that was so much fun. She you can probably tell we cut it here because we had a really long episode. So we cut it here at Patrick Stewart and next episode you're going to talk about more Patrick Stewart. But
0: it was such a fun. We time.
1: literally just had that conversation like an hour ago because we're, we're both at my house right now and we're like, we had it and We've actually spent the last like hour and a half sitting in the office here, just talking about that and other things, which we should have yep. recorded because it would have been a great episode. But <laughs> it just, you know, it's it's one of the, this, this. is one of those interviews where it's like we talked a lot about his career. We talked about some uh, some you know other stuff outside of that. You know, with, with going on a little bit a little bit of changes there, which was kind of a relief. I think it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun on this one.
0: It was really fun. Uh, I was super glad. I can't wait to have him back on again. Uh, if you guys enjoyed that. Uh, which I hope and I think you would. You should go back because we've had a lot of interviews come out lately. Yeah, with a lot of big industry leaders, and it's it's been a blast.
1: And we got a lot of big ones, a lot of big big ones, and new new up and comers coming. We've got you know tons of interviews lined up for for uh, people we, we want to talk to. You, people we we don't know who they are yet, but we're, re- we're researching them and learning who they are. And they've got. It's funny because a lot of these people were coming on, not a lot, but some of them that we haven't heard of before. I didn't look them up and go, "Oh, I know all these books. I've, I've read this book, and I didn't have any idea who wrote it, and now I do," which is which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. Take you know, once our next next one come out, next just hour, in a
1: couple days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, if you if you're waiting for more, just wait a couple days. Just one, wait a one, couple more. days. Yeah, them
0: down, them down. All right, guys, don't forget to open the mind. My name is Kenrick and we have, uh, John Horsley, uh, on the line with us as, as well.
2: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Um, we're in the same room and we tend to, we live in separate houses obviously. And, uh, so we usually have, you know, we usually, I'm at my house, he's at his house and then we're doing everything over the internet, but John's actually related to related, actually married yeah. to my niece and so we do a lot of family functions together and we just happened to be doing a big thing yesterday and yeah so we just, we're lucky that we're we're all talking together because we don't have all the mixing and everything like that together all the time like this, this is kind of nice oh good yeah. good so how do you so I want to make sure I say your last name right. That's always the first question. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually looked it up, and I and I heard you. I thought I heard you say Demateus. That Demateus, yeah. Demateus. yeah. Yeah, the the teus there, I, I yeah. missed.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's close, but yeah.
2: It's, it was it was pretty close. Yeah,
0: I I, I, w- I would accept that without being uh, unduly upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, do you um? Would you like to be? preferred to be called j jm jm is good yes jm no 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 mister Please, no mister (laughs) (laughs) and then the other thing is um we're not here to trip anybody up so if you say something that you're like i don't want that out or you know i don't like the way that sounds just tell us it's gone we edit it out great great yeah especially if you say something that you're like Ooh, i don't like how that that makes me sound or anything like that oh just no no we you know we're not here for that kind of stuff. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, um, is there anything you want to start off with? Like, like. So I always want to give a chance for people to promote whatever new stuff. Yeah,
2: that you know, that's one thing I, I, I do. I do like to do is like talk about what's happening now first, because sometimes people want to talk about my whole career and they start like. 40 years ago and by the time we're done yeah. we've made it to like 1982 you know what i mean yeah, um yeah, perfect and, so, and so I'd, re- I'd like to talk about some of the things that are happening now and the- after which you can ask me anything
0: you'd like yeah 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 perfect okay because i was you know it's funny too uh jam is that we actually had you booked like i think it was two years ago to come on Really? yeah and we were getting ready to go on a saturday and you got sick you're like hey i'm really sick can we can we reschedule and then either I got sick or John got sick, like right after that. So, and then yeah, it just never and happened. Moved. And we moved wow. and just, yeah. Yeah. You moved. <laughs> that's right. He was moving and then everything just kept steamrolling. Yeah. And it's funny because when we started this podcast is I really want to talk to, uh, I was saying Dima taste then, but I really want to talk to JM because I was a huge fan of, of, uh, Craven's last Hunt, mm-hmm. And we had a whole episode that we did just on Craven's lesson, which you probably hear a lot because I think that's, the one that people always gravitate towards it's one of the things yeah it's one yeah. of the things sure yeah so okay and then we'll just we'll just get into it Demetius.
2: very good
0: DeMatteis. okay <laughs> I just want to make sure I say it right you know what I mean especially yeah.
1: Like
2: we're,
0: yeah we're going through okay John do you want to add anything before we start
1: uh no I think we're good we got you covered all we're good we're, okay we're already recording so I'll cut all that first part out there when we start okay perfect Okay,
0: uh, Jam, you got coffee? You, are you are you good? I'm just fine. I'm relaxed and I'm ready. Perfect. And we can go as as short or as long as you want to go. So don't you know? We okay. usually end up going like an hour, hour and a half. Um, but if that becomes daunting, just say, "Hey, I gotta I gotta wrap up." We're not okay. Gonna... Fine. That sounds good. Sorry, just give me one second here. <laughs> 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 it was a late night.
1: Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah,
0: we were playing. uh you ever play the game? You know, gin rummy. Yeah. Have you, there's there's a game called Rummy Cube. Rummy that Cube. I don't know. That yeah. I don't know. It's like little tiles, and they have you know they go from one to thirteen, and there's four colors, and then you have two wild tiles, and basically it's gin rummy with tiles, and you have a field, and we were playing, and 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 me and Tafine showed. John and Kaylee had a play last night, and we ended up playing until two, like two a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Well, that's pretty wholesome. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah. you, you was, could have described wholesome. many different wild nights. You know that that wasn't one of them. I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild,
1: man. Too it was wild. so wild, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, sorry. So I'm a little discombobulated there. All right. All right.